1: the answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. As we get rolling at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Tuesday, the 14th morning of the 7th month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Appreciate you being with us. Coming up in uh, one hour from now, Peter Kirshenow will be joining us from the United States Commission on Civil Rights and from his law offices here in Cleveland, Ohio. And he is going to be talking to us about um, an, a mammoth issue. In the state of Ohio today, your Board of Education, the State Board of Education is going to be voting on the curriculum to be implemented in Ohio schools. Included in that curriculum is going to be the 1619 Project. If you know anything at all about the 1619 Project, then you know how extraordinarily dangerous this is. The 1619 Project was a New York Times special project that they did last year that it, uh, it t- attempts to reframe the founding of the United States from being 1776 when we declared our independence to the year 1619, the year that the first African slaves were brought to North America. This is one of the most dishonest, disingenuous, and disgusting pieces of pseudo-journalism maybe that has ever been written. And it is being implemented as fact by school districts all over this Country, It is now coming to the state of Ohio, and it's going to be voted on today, and Peter Kirstenau has already deconstructed the whole of the 1619 Project in writing for the National Review and others, and today he will do it verbally. The 1619 Project was the brainchild of a stone-cold, white, hating uh, racist named Nicole Hannah-Jones. A woman who has described the white race this way. The biggest murderer, rapist, pillager, and thief of the modern world. Christopher Columbus and those like him were no different than Hitler. Whites were the descendants of savage people and continue to be the bloodsuckers in our communities. These are direct quotes from Nicole Hannah-Jones about the white race. She is responsible for the 1619 Project, which will be implemented and which essentially imposes all of the goals of Black Lives Matter and other Marxist organizations. It imposes those goals upon the minds, the ears, the eyes, and the minds of schoolchildren all over the state of Ohio. And quite frankly, as I said, it's being adopted in districts all over the country. To describe this as dangerous is to do it a disservice. To describe this as being potentially deadly for this republic is a little closer to the truth. I cannot underscore this enough. I cannot shout it loudly enough into the microphone. The 1619 Project is founded on white hatred. Black journalists working for the New York Times who hate white. White people to their cores are going to attempt to make white people the biggest demons in history. And they are going to try to subjugate the white race underneath a boot the boot heel of black America. This is just the fact of the matter. And I'm looking right now at the resolution that is going to be voted on today by the Ohio State Board of Education. Item number 20 is the resolution to, quote, condemn racism and advance equity and opportunity for black students, indigenous students, and students of, students of color. On its face, that heading of section 20 of number 20 doesn't sound terrible. Of course, there should be equity for all. But what it doesn't say is that opportunity, as it were, for black students, indigenous students, and students of color is going to come uh, at the expense of students who are not of color. White students are going to have to learn to hate themselves and their families and their ancestors and their color every day of their school lives. It is extraordinary. Peter Kersenau, one hour from now, will take us through all of that. I would like to do it now, quite frankly, but I don't want to steal any of Kersenau's thunder. He's so good at this. I'm going to let him tell that story next hour. So I'll start this hour then by talking about what the liberal Democrats are doing to stop Donald Trump from winning the election. Did you hear the news? Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, has ordered the closure of all indoor activities in the state of California due to a spike in coronavirus, quote, cases. And please remember, never forget, cases is the operative word. They continue to use the word cases to make you think that that means people, individuals, when it absolutely does not. We've discussed this at length, and if you're new to the conversation, I'll just hit it very briefly here. A case means a positive test. It doesn't mean a new person testing positive. Very simple. A case means they swabbed somebody and it came back positive. Whether that somebody has already been swabbed and come back positive before, and maybe again before that, maybe it's the person's fourth or fifth time being swabbed, each time it counts as a case, and each time those cases spike, uh, the left responds. Each time the cases spike, the left responds with, we need to shut down more restrictions, more restrictions, more restrictions, and that is exactly what they are doing. Now you say, well, what are you talking about? I thought you said you were going to talk about what the left is doing to stop Donald Trump winning the presidency. Are you kidding? Did you see the numbers of the uh, people who returned to work or got new jobs in the month of May? An extraordinary, extraordinary growth and quick rebound from the horrors of the shutdown in March and in April. Massive rebound. Unemployment rate, which of course was at an all-time high, took a massive drop in the month of May. Then June came around. June's numbers, which we found just last week, June's numbers were even better than May's. uh, 4.8 million people got new jobs or got their jobs back. Unemployment rate dipped down to 11. They only expected 2.9 million people to get their jobs back. In other words, the economy was opening. And people were coming back to work and starting to spend money again. Which is exactly what anybody who loves the United States of America would applaud. People going back to work is a positive thing. People opening up uh, uh, the, uh, their stores, businesses opening up their stores or their services is a positive thing. People earning paychecks and going out there and spending money at those businesses thereby greasing the wheels of the economy, is a positive thing. No one could dispute this. But the left saw it as a huge negative thing, because that means that Donald Trump's number one case for re-election prior to the outbreak of the Chinese coronavirus, which is the incredible growth and expansion of our economy, was going to be back in play. Donald Trump's greatest case for re-election was economic success. Then, of course, the brakes got slammed on by the Chinese coronavirus and the response to it. And uh, suddenly the president's greatest case for a re-election is gone. And they're thrilled. They're loving every second of it. But lo and behold, as the virus started to wane just a little bit, cases are, uh, um, states started to reopen their businesses. And it happened way too fast for the left. If they allow July to look like what June did, and if they allow what August looks like to be like what June did, and September, and so on and so forth, and the American people are right back where they were or close to it, Joe Biden is sunk. So they have no choice but to try to slam the brakes on this economy immediately, and that is exactly what they're doing. Gavin Newsom orders the closure of all indoor activities across California as coronavirus cases increase. Cases in the state began rising in early June, they say, and have increased by 48% in the past two weeks. Let me point out two things. Number one, they're lying. The number of cases being reported positive is directly related to the number of tests that are now being administered. Tons of people weren't being tested back in May and in June, and now they are. So the more people you test, the more posit- positives you're going to get, even if they are asymptomatic and people aren't sick. And they're not taking up hospital beds. And they're not in any danger of, of uh, you know blowing this curve back up. So that's number one. They're testing more people. That's why you're getting more positives. It doesn't mean that it's being more widely spread. Number two, if it is being spread, why are they blaming churchgoers and not rioters? Because people rioting in the streets for the whole of the month of June, since the George Floyd thing happened in uh, in late May, and for the whole of the month of June, and yes, the first two weeks here in the month of July, rioting, protesting, demonstrating, All of these massive crowds being gathered together because the elected officials have said large crowds are banned. Unless you're protesting, because this is too important of a moment in time to worry about a virus getting us. We got to get out there and continue our protest. That would be to blame for the spread. Regardless of whether it's one or two or a combination thereof, and it is, regardless of that, The fact of the matter is Gavin Newsom shutting down California is going to be, uh, followed up by other states doing the same. Shutting down restaurants again, shutting down gyms, shutting down bars, shutting down clothing stores, leaving only open what somebody deems as they pick winners and losers to be quote unquote essential businesses. This'll show them. This'll show Trump to try to improve the economy by putting people back to work. Wait until you see July's numbers. Wait until you see the number of people who lost their jobs in July because they had to close the back down again. And wait until you see how few returned to work and how few got new, newly created jobs. All bars, all shops, restaurants, wineries, tasting rooms, family entertainment centers, zoos, museums, and card rooms must suspend indoor activities, says Gavin Newsom. All gyms, places of worship, malls, personal care services, barbershop salons, and non-critical offices in the county state's monitoring list had to shut down. The order affects more than 30 counties, which are home to about 80% of California's population. So, in other words, millions and millions and millions of Californians are going to be added to the list of people who lost their jobs in the month of July. And they will, of course, use that as a cudgel for to uh, beat up on Donald Trump. Just understand this. Newsom said, we've made this point on multiple occasions, and that is, we're moving back into a modification mode of our original stay-at-home order. This continues to be a deadly disease. Bull. Bull-cur-app. K-E-R-R-A-P-P, crap." Bull-cur-ap. This disease is losing its lethality every single day that they test another 20,000 people in this state and 130,000 here and and more there. Every time they test more of these people and get more positive tests, especially those who are asymptomatic and the death of people dying continues to stay flat, then the mortality rate gets lower and lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. This disease already had a 99% plus survival rate. Now it's 99 point something else plus percent survival rate. To call this a deadly disease is a misnomer. Can you die from it? Yes. Can the vast majority of people in our country survive it? Are they? Absolutely. We know the vulnerable groups, and we know that those people are the ones that need to be protected differently. The rest of America's population needs to be allowed to work Go to school and stop being trapped by the fear mongers who are trying to destroy this economy to destroy this presidency. Do not be misled. What Gavin Newsom did yesterday was strike at Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with the health of Californians and what every other state or when every other state follows suit. That it will also be the goal. And yes, I'm looking at you, Mike DeWine, who shares the same party with Donald Trump but does not share the same ideals, does not share a belief in American greatness, does not share a belief in the American economy, does not share a belief in making and keeping America great. That's why Mike DeWine is acting like every other blue state governor. All right, it's 921. I know that's a lot, right? It's a lot to pile on your plate right now, but that's where we are. You want to respond? Hour number one is open for your calls at 216-901-0945, 888 now is going to dominate all of our number two. You're going to want to hear that, too, on AM 1420 The Answer. Okay, 926 now. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer, we get a couple of calls here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, again, we are guest-free in the first hour. Kurt is going to dominate the second hour with information you must hear. Cannot state it strongly enough. Seriously, the 1619 Project is absolute, flat-out indoctrination of marks of young children with Marxist principles and terrorist organization goals. Understand that the 1619 Project is historical inaccuracy. Understand the 1619 Project is the product of racist ideology coming from an African-American reporter, if you will, who put a staff together at the New York Times and put together just historical fiction in order to continue to demonize white people in the United States. And now it's going to be taught to your kids in Ohio classrooms. It's being voted on today 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 and i know it's late coming that we got this notice but today by the ohio state board of education they're going to indoctrinate your children with that curriculum and chris now's got a lot to say about it first we'll go to um don i'm sorry not don it's dan that's an A, i don't know dan you're in middleburg heights on am 1420 the answer good morning go ahead
2: uh good morning in relation to your uh your spiel on the cases you know yes sir. uh I was on with uh, Jack Windsor, and once again, he said, like, it was November 19th of uh, 2019, the first case in Ohio, and in March of 19, for the whole country, wherever it was, probably California, the first case, okay? You have to emphasize with these cases that uh, people have probably been walking around with this for, you know, over a year in this country, and if you take the current John Hopkins figures of three million cases versus 36 million tested in round numbers, you're, you're talking a 10%. So out of 340 million people, you've basically got 300 million that are symptomatic and are either positive or negative that are walking around that there's nothing wrong with them.
1: Completely so, agree with you. I, I'm, I'm convinced, uh, Dan, and this is just you know anecdotal, I guess, but I'm convinced that everybody in my family had this in November. November. We thought it was bronchitis, but it passed around to all four of us in this family to the point where we were coughing and rasping and wheezing for days. I mean, we could not shake it. Uh, It was a crazy, crazy time. And, and we were all sick, and we, like I said, we took turns kind of having it. Um, and this was in November. Now, they tried to tell us this didn't get to the United States until February. It's baloney. What Jack found is absolutely true, and I think you're right. It probably has been floating around here in some capacity or another for many, many months, if not, uh, like you said, an entire year.
2: One, yeah. one other point, if I make yeah. on the same subject, is that for our whole lives, we live in a world of allergens and pathogens, which are microbes, which are viruses. And nobody ever in our whole lives went around every day testing for any kind of flu you want to name, or the common cold, which there are 36 strains of the common cold. There's a billion cases of common cold every year with people in the United States, alone. and. Some people get it two or three times a year. You know it. You know everything. Well, the only germs
1: of- that count, those germs don't count, though, Dan. The only germs that count are the COVID germs because they're the ones with a political narrative attached to them. Uh, and that's the bottom line. Thank you, Dan. You're 100% right, by the way. And I'm glad to hear you and other people sounding that alarm. Stay here. Uh, if you're on hold, I'm coming to you. And if you're not on hold, get there. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Coming up on AM1420, The Answer. Okay, 936 now. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. There's a really great tweet from PragerU this morning, and I'm really, really, really dialing back my Twitter usage. That's why I don't promote it on the air anymore. But uh, I do need it for, well, sometimes for information like this. PragerU tweeted a photo of thousands and thousands of people packed in the streets in Hollywood. Back in early June, during the first days of the um, uh, nationwide, which continue to this day, the riots. The protests slash demonstrations, which is the kind way of saying this, these gatherings of people, but we all know what they all turned into. Riots and uh, assaults and uh, vandalism and looting and destruction and so forth. And arson. Anyway, Prager, you uh, tweeted a picture of the packed streets in Hollywood from early June and reminded us that this was allowed in California by Governor Newsom. This was permitted, that the ban on large gatherings was waived when people were protesting because it's a righteous cause. See, COVID-19 isn't a problem if your cause is just enough, if your cause is righteous enough. But if your cause is a Trump rally in Tulsa, well, that COVID-19 is going to kill everybody. Don't you understand that? Because that's not a righteous enough cause. But PragerU tweets, never forget, this protest was allowed in California. No masks or social distancing required. However, salons, restaurants, retail stores, bars, and many more businesses will be forced into bankruptcy. Churches being forced to close. The left is weaponizing COVID-19. And the truth of the matter is exactly that. They have weaponized it. First they politicized it, then they weaponized it. And they are using it. They're using it to harm the undesirables in the uh, mainstream American community. They're harming Christians. No church gatherings allowed. Keep that mask over your face. No singing and worshiping God allowed. They're attacking entrepreneurs and business owners and believers in capitalism. Why? Because capitalism is evil. Capitalism allows people to succeed and get rich. What the hell is wrong with you? You don't want people getting rich because if some people get richer than others, well, that's just not fair. We need to more equally and, yes, there's that word again, equitably distribute that wealth so that people who work their tails off to achieve have to give some of that to people who don't do squat and have no interest or incentive in achieving. This is the goal. Damage capitalism beyond repair. Get Trump, who may be the, 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 the biggest poster child, the personification of capitalism in the history of the U.S. presidency, get him out of there. Put in a big government, tax-increasing, progressive like Joe Biden, raise the corporate tax rates, Raise the capital gains taxes. Raise the death tax. Take more money from more people who succeeded and earned. And not just survived, but thrived. Take, it, take more of it from them. Collect it in Washington and distribute it as the people need it. This is collectivism. This isn't new. This is collectivism. Socialism. These are all sprinkled with Marxist principles. socialist, mar- Social Marxist principles. This is what they're trying to do. This is the weaponization of COVID-19. Shut this country back down again. Put more and more people out of work. Make sure more and more business owners go under. Make sure they have to turn to the state for handouts. And then take over. One of the biggest scams of the entire COVID-19 uh, response, nationally and state by state, is the elimination of health care jobs. One and a half million healthcare jobs were eliminated at this at the height of the supposed uh, Chinese coronavirus hospital surge. It's getting to the point now, Red State reporting on this, it's getting to the point now where it's even hard to find words to do justice to the enormity of the gaslighting on COVID-19 we have been subjected to. The CDC itself is, uh, now estimates that COVID-19 is substantially less deadly than the flu. Not a little bit less deadly than the flu, substantially less deadly than the flu for those under 50. Remember, the flu targeted two. this is my editorializing, but it's just a simple recitation of the facts, The flu, generally speaking, each year when we have a flu season, targets two vulnerable groups of people, the very old and the very young. The Chinese coronavirus cuts that in half because the very young are virtually uh, impervious to this. It is the very old that are responsible for the vast majority of the deaths, especially those in congregant settings where one infection can spread to many other people at one time, especially when you have an idiot governor like Andrew Cuomo in New York putting COVID-19 patients specifically into nursing homes to quote-unquote quarantine them from other people, never mind the fact that the nursing home patients themselves are the ones who are going to suffer the fate. And they did. So Understand that the flu targeted the young and the old, or targets the young and the old. COVID-19 pretty much only targets the old and those with serious comorbidities. And I'll continue now. Red State reporting on this. Almost unbelievably for Americans between the ages of 18 and 49, the CDC gives last year's flu a fatality rate of 1.8%. But for those under 50, they've put COVID-19's fatality rate at 005 Percent. That's a thirty-six point lower um, uh, percentage points lower mortality rate. Now, mind you, this isn't a Fox News report. This isn't a One America News report. This isn't a Bob France making up stuff report. You tell us to listen to the CDC. Okay, the CDC said last year's flu rate, the flu uh, flu fatality rate, was 1.8%. The COVID-19 fatality rate for those under 50 is 0.05%, 36 points lower. Did we shut down America during last year's flu season? Did we cancel football season? Did we cancel all sports and all school activities? And did we close bars and restaurants and tell people they can't worship in their churches or synagogues? Did we tell anybody to change the way they live because of last year's flu? We did not. But we are shutting down America in this election year over something less deadly than that flu. Remember I told you that flus generally target the young and the very old? Well, last year's flu, for children ages 4 and under, had a 1.3% fatality rate. 26 times higher than the COVID-19 fatality rate for all those under 50. Let me say that again. Little children had a higher mortality rate than everybody 50 and under, with COVID-19. The daily death tally we've been getting has been massively inflated, by the way, by a number of factors, including the CDC explicitly instructing physicians to list COVID-19 on death certificates without even confirming tests or, indeed, any medical justification whatsoever, just so long as they have assumed that the patient had it. You understand this? The fatality rate or the mortality rate is so much lower for COVID-19 than it was for the flu. And that's with their lies. Guy comes in, hit by a truck, is living while they, when they get him there they test him for 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 covid-19 as if his his truck injuries aren't going to be enough and i'm using this as an example by the way not a and it's not a made up one because there are people who have been hit by hit by vehicles who have gone into the hospital and then tested positive for COVID-19, or the doctors, through contact trace questions, find out that maybe they were exposed to somebody else who had tested positive, and they say, yep, he's probably got it too, and they mark their form, COVID-19 hospitalization. If they die from the truck uh, injuries, COVID-19 death. Somebody died with COVID-19. They make no distinction, does CDC, of dying with COVID-19 versus dying from COVID-19. So even with the lies and the massaging and the manipulation of the numbers, even with the inflated death totals that they're using, they're still extraordinarily lower than the death tolls from the flu. Why are we closing down this society again? Why are they making you strap chains to your face? Why are they making you wear these ridiculous anti-social masks and telling you you can't hug people anymore? Telling you you can't stand shoulder to shoulder and cheering at a sporting event anymore? Why are they telling you you must keep your social distance, which is the most oxymoronic thing in the history of the world, because it is anti-social to distance yourself from other human beings? It is not social. It is anti-social. And it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the guru himself, the leading uh, epi- uh, epidemiologist in America, apparently, when addressing his peers in the pages of the New England Journal of Medicine, the highly regarded New England Journal of Medicine, said that COVID-19 would likely have around the same death rate as a severe flu, meaning the malevolent little garden gnome brazen... <laughs> I just did, just read that for the first time. I'm sorry. They're calling Dr. Fauci a malevolent little garden gnome, and it's not far off. I could see him in in somebody's garden. Uh, brazenly lied when 11 days later he testified to Congress that the virus is at least 10 times more lethal than the flu. Dr. Anthony Fauci is the biggest fraud in the history of American medicine. He will tell you one day school should not reopen, and the next day say, of course, school should be open. He'll tell you one day that the uh, uh, COVID-19 is, is no more dangerous than the flu, and the next day it's ten times more dangerous than the flu. He'll tell you one day there's no need to wear masks, and then the next day say, oh, my gosh, everybody has to wear masks. This guy has taken every position on every element of the COVID-19 pandemic that you could possibly take and done it all on his own, and nobody's allowed to question him or else the left tells us we are refusing to accept the science. After all, he's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about some days, maybe not others. And that's just a tiny sample of the lies we have been fed about the virus. And now let me throw this last one at you. At least half the nation has been fully convinced that we're experiencing some sort of unprecedented health care crisis. But the latest data from U.S. Bureau of Labor statistics, tell, statistics tells a very different story. In April, during the supposed height of the, of the uh, COVID-19 epidemic, healthcare jobs declined by almost 1.5 million. Some of those jobs came back in May and June, as I told you before, after the supposed coronavirus epidemic peaked. But overall, at the end of last month, we were still down 850,000 health care jobs. Now, do you remember the lies we were told back in March and in April? We were told we don't have the capacity to put all of these people, and we don't have the healthcare workers to take care of all of these people who are going to be suffering this terrible hospitalization from the Chinese coronavirus. We're going to have to bring doctors in from other countries. We brought we brought ships in. We brought 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 hospital ships into New York Harbor because we needed to find some place to tra- take care of these people. Because of the hospital beds being overflowed in New York. Those ships came in, the USS Comfort, and did not take a single patient. And rather than bringing healthcare workers in to help the frontline workers here uh, manage the incredible stress they're under dealing with all of these, 850, I'm sorry, at the height, 1.5 million healthcare workers lost their jobs and even now today 850,000 of them remain without their jobs how can we be in a nationwide epidemic a worldwide pandemic and on the verge of extinction and yet we have 850,000 healthcare workers with no work to do how is that possible how can we possibly be on the verge of of some sort of massive nationwide uh uh, uh You know, epidemic of deaths, if you will, and yet we don't have a need for 850,000 healthcare workers that have been laid off. And this is some incredible stuff. The facts are just, they're everywhere. If you were willing to look for them, that to tell you, to prove to you, we are being lied to, we are being played. This is the biggest scam, maybe in the history of American medicine. I mean, this is honestly the big I could say the biggest scam in the history of America if I didn't just watch the Mueller investigation for two and a half years. But in all seriousness, we are being played. Take those masks off your face. Drop the pretense that we are in some sort of mortal danger. Drop the pretense, drop the mask, and keep, keep the pressure on. Every representative you can find at the local level, at the state level, at the national level, your congressional representatives demand that they stop the lies and open our country and free our faces of those chains that they want to wrap around us as a show of submission. Right back to your calls after this. Okay, it's 9.55. We continue. Don't forget Kirsten out coming up at 10.10 10 this morning. He's going to be with us for the entire 11 o'clock hour talking about the 1619 Project that's about to be forced into the Ohio School curriculum and into your kids' heads uh, as your children are taught that uh, white people are evil, that white people are um, Satan, that white people are the uh, biggest enemy of humanity. And, uh, yeah, they'll be taught to hate themselves because that's what the 1619 Project does. Filled with lies and inaccuracies. Kirsten, I will tell you more coming up after the top of the hour. Kevin is in uh, Berea on AM 1420, The Answer. Kevin, thanks for joining us. You're on the air. Go ahead.
3: Yes. um, I'd like to know if you have heard anything about um, an interview with Dr. Richard Bartlett in Dallas, Texas. um, I have. Okay. Um, Because I was kind of concerned that I haven't heard anything on the news. I saw the interview; it's about a half-hour interview. About this uh, asthma drug that has uh, proven very successful. And it's, it's interesting that here we have another therapeutic, kind of like hydroxychloroquine, which has gotten, which hasn't really gotten any news coverage. Um, and it's just amazing how we're spending all this money on all these, uh, vaccines and other medic medicines. And here you have another cheap, um, Alternative that been very. Let me effective. let me tell
1: you what I've heard, and you tell me then uh, if you've heard something more than this. The last I heard, though, and this is probably why it's not getting a ton of coverage. Well, that and the fact that the media doesn't want to to help, uh, you know, the situation. But um, the last I heard that he had used this drug, and I and it's a it's an inhaled steroid called. B- uh, b- 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 Budesonide or something like that. Yeah. Budesonide. That's right. I can't. I can't pronounce it because I'm not a doc, uh, I, and I haven't I seen it before. But, but uh, uh, from what I saw is he has a hundred percent success rate, but it's only on twelve patients, and that's a t- super 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 small sample size, and that's probably why it's not being embraced as being the quote unquote silver bullet that he's calling it. Have you heard more than that, or is that the latest?
3: Well, that's. I mean, the, the interview is pretty extensive, and I, and I guess it's the reason it made, made a lot of resonate with me is because my mom has asthma really bad, and, and about 10 years ago, she was in a very serious car accident, mm-hmm. and they were bringing this breathing treatment to her. I don't know if this was this particular drug, but they would have a machine, and she would suck in this vapor, and it was basically to prevent pneumonia um and what he said made imminent sense in terms of just knowing how asthma works and how you know he was talking about how this thing is a is a um uh, an inflammatory disease and this this uh, treatment is an anti-inflammatory and it goes directly to the lungs directly to the source mm-hmm. and it's almost instantaneous in terms of how it works and against work, works yeah. against covid and again it's a common sense idea uh, that you would think would just spread like wildfire and think, hey, man, let's try this. But right. yet it's completely suppressed and it's well, just like you said it, it, it is
1: kind of like the hydroxychloroquine uh you know it was it was working very very well for the few people who had it and that's of course you know it, it, and thanks for the call i, I really do appreciate it um uh, kevin you really raise a great point here between hydroxychloroquine and this drug uh there are some people who don't want to see widespread testing of things that might be successful because it's going to get in the way of the agenda and i continue to tell you while i'm not a conspiracy theorist i'm also not blind and there are a lot of people quite frankly who are uh, you know, hoping that this disease, this virus continues to wreak havoc on the American economy for the rest of this calendar year, they will be willing to sacrifice lives rather than uh find a life saving drug. Uh and to be honest with you, the other part of this that I haven't really talked about a ton is that if this inha- this inhaled steroid that Bartlett has been working with and that is providing this relief um is successful. There will be no need for a vaccine. And if there's no need for a vaccine, there are people who have the patent and who are working with the manufacturers of the vaccine that will lose billions with a B. So that's why they're not going to try this. That's why they're not going to pay attention to this. That's why they're going to try to discredit Bartlett. But, yes, you're 100% right. The uh, video is very informative. The trial, like I said, is 100%, but it's only on 12 people thus far that I'm aware of. Um, and it's a very dangerous thing for the uh, for Big Pharma to actually find uh, something like this that, that works in such simplicity without a vaccine. All right, we're, we're going to take our time out here for the top of the hour news. On the, on the other side, we're going to shift gears. We're going to get into the 1619 Project and the Indoctrination of Ohio School Children. It's extraordinarily important that you listen to the next uh, hour of the Bob France Authority.
3: This is AM 1420, The Answer.